And now, it's time for Miss Weed Wiki Speaks. radio show host. I was fortunate enough to be featured on episode 85 of his Running With Wills podcast, and we had such a blast that, of course, I had to do everything again in my power to make sure we connected. So I strongly encourage our listeners to listen to, to check out that episode, actually. And thank you so much, Wizzy, for joining me today. Hey, hey listen, man, it's my pleasure. Man. I, I, I need to get more invites. People don't really invite me on their shows really often. So I'm always excited to do it. You know, I'll give you what you need. I got stories. I've been through a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised that you don't get asked to people's like shows and stuff because yeah, you're so engaging. So no, but, but also too, like, um, you know, I was just telling a friend the other day, sometimes when I, when I feature on panels, or I do people's show, I kind of hold back some of the sauce because my aura is so strong. You know what I mean? I'll take over the shit. You know what I mean? So I want to give a chance to everybody to say their piece. So I kind of push, hold back a little bit. But when it's one-on-one like this, uh, we could go full hand. I love it. I love it. And I totally agree. Um, it's a balance, right? When you're doing um, an interview yeah. with somebody because you don't necessarily want to overpower them. And I totally respect that. But don't worry. Be your true, <laughs> authentic self here. Okay? We can manage it. But before we get started, could you tell our listeners where you're joining me from? Well, listen, I'm joining you guys from the beautifully cold, the language dividable, the, the most petty province in the country. I'm joining you from Montreal, Quebec. I am a first generation Quebecer. I'm proud to say I speak fluent French and English. And it's always really cold out here and we have bad drivers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, just in case our listeners haven't caught, you know, even me before, I, full disclosure, I'm originally from La Belle Province, okay? Hey, hey, hey tell them. <laughs> but I've been living away for so long that um, I fully have adopted my Torontonian roots and embraced it. Like, <laughs> this is my home. I only claim Montreal at certain parties when they're yelling out, asking where you're from, like, what city you're at. <laughs> and... You know, I can fully acknowledge I've been documented in Montreal repping Toronto, too, when they call out cities. <laughs> so you're a dual citizen. That's OK. I, a lot, I, of, a I, lot of people are. I think that that's the best way to describe it. I'm a dual citizen, sometimes even reluctantly. <laughs> I try not to stay down there longer than maybe five days because I think things will happen and I'll, I'll you know, morph into something like a pumpkin. <laughs> or you might start speaking French. <laughs> Right, you know, because when I'm down there, I go out of my way not to. <laughs> oh, listen, see how long listen. I can put it off. <laughs> if you go to any store, they're gonna have to greet you in French. That's true. That's true. But you know, um, they don't. It, I find the temperaments will change depending on what part of the town you're in as well. Yeah. No. You know, obviously, you know, most Anglophones are on the west side of Montreal, and most French-speaking people are on the east side of Montreal. So that's pretty much how you can kind of divide it up. That's true. And then South Shore is a mishmash of everything. Laval yeah. as much as well. Um, so when you get off the island into the suburbs, yeah, that, that changes a little bit. Although West End is still very English. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, at some point we got to come together, man. This city is so divided on something so futile like language. But, you know, these are this is where we're at with it, right? Tell me, though, how divided are they about cannabis? Because maybe our listeners may not know, but 
you're a cannabis cannabis user and enthusiast like myself. So I'd love oh, to. Oh, well, 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 listen, I grew up in the hood. You know, you kind of saw this coming years ago because there's no way how they could, you know, for a long time selling weed was in the black market, right? And, you know, all these drug dealers are making all this money. And obviously the government knows about this, right? Because the police keeps harassing some of people we know or friends of ours that were drug dealers or so forth. So obviously there, there was a knowledge that they knew there was a lot of money. This, this is a big money industry selling weed, weed paraphernalia, weed accessories and, and the likes. So at some point, you being just a rational person, you're like, well, the government's going to have to get some of this money somehow. And what's going on in Quebec, and, and, and you saw how every province has their kind of their own regulations with, with weed now. Quebec wants to keep the monopoly on everything. We have the SQDC store, which is our weed shop, just in terms of what we can keep, what we can't keep, how they're policing it now. They just want to they they get rid of your local weed guy and right. become the local Walmart of cannabis, which is the SQDC. That's how they want to run things here. But I'm not surprised. This, the Canadian government, the Quebec government, has historically been extremely petty. That's that's just how they do. That's that's just how they go about their affairs. They live in that perpetual state of petty. They really. Yeah. But and we do have some good growers here, though. We have a lot of guys. A lot of shout to some of the French guys that really study the game. I know some guys that that grow some stuff, and um, wow. It, it'll blow my head off. You, you know, when the weed's so good, you're looking at the split flight, it's not done yet. And you're forcing yourself because you don't want to waste the weed, right? right. But he's right. like, yeah, I just want to throw this down. I'm never smoking this again. That kind of weed. We got wow. some good guys like that here. That and and are those, how are you getting those? Um, how do you get to connect with them? Is it through like apps like Weed Maps? Are they on shelves anywhere? But you know, with, with a lot of things in Montreal, you know, the best way to conduct business, right, for a lot of people that's been most affected since the beginning of time is word of mouth. You just got to know a guy to know a guy. Montreal isn't as big as Toronto. So it's easy to know a guy that knows a guy. And, you know, a lot of people have Instagram. A lot of people allude to things in their stories. And you just got to inquire. But right. a lot of people know a guy. And if you go to a lot of weed shops and you ask the guys that you look for a specific kind of strain or a specific kind of high, they will pretty much guide you in the same direction. The community's not that big. So... You, you, if, if whatever you're seeking, you will find in Montreal. And it's whatever not hard to want. find. No, it's not hard to find at all. No, no, weed, no. So you never. <laughs> no. So if you wanted to say go on to Weed Maps or something in an app in Montreal, and you're trying to connect, say you're there visiting for the weekend, mm. and um, you want to use Weed Maps to get some weed because you don't want to go to the SD. What is it called? SQ, S SQDC. And they always have these long ass acronyms in Quebec because it has to be in French, right? Right. So the words and, are just longer. Right. <laughs> and and I and I knew that the four letters were the S and the Q and the D and the C. It was just, is it SDQC or SQDC? That Anybody that smokes weed cannot even say it because we're too high to put all those four letters together anyway. How is it inside those stores? Have you been in them? I've actually, you know, I'd sworn to not go, but then uh, one of my best friends, he had he had a particular strain I wanted to try. And none of my regular dealers had it. So I went in there. It's like, yeah, man, it's like an Apple store for weed. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. The different strains are there. The prices are there. What you can get, the amounts you can get. Um, I like the packaging. It's very crafty. It comes in a little thing or a nice little bag. I got really high. You know, um, I got, I think I got pink cushion, some, something cushion. It was like, I think I got a purple one and I got a pink one one time. I got really high, so it was really good. But I just got like really straight up weed. Okay. But people like it because... It's there. Sometimes, come on, we've all been there. You, you're calling the connect. He's in between shipments. The real that Dan is late at night and you can't get him. We've all been there. So this way you can have your thing. And also you're within the, the new regulations. If they pull you over, you have bought it from 
where they want you to buy it. So everything you're above board. Right. But That's it's nice true. in there. I can't lie. It's nice. There's always a lineup. Now, does that lineup turn you off? No, it goes pretty quickly. It goes pretty quickly. Like, you know what you want. Everything's on the board in front of you. Come in, it's very straightforward. It's not like a shop where there's different kiosks set up. Everything's against the wall. They have, they, they have um, the cash in front of you, and you just tell them what you want. I want to try this. I want to try that. And, you know, they divide it sativa, um, indica, and all that. Everything's divided, so you can see where you want to go. That makes sense. At least so it's not a bad user experience, in your opinion. No, no you know, you know, besides the fact that now, now, you know, even though a lot of people use their debit, now you're documented now. Now, somewhere, somehow, you're on the list. Your name is on the list. Haven't uh, bought it. Could you talk yeah, to so, me how, how that happens? Walking so through. apparently, yeah. So when SQDC started, uh, maybe about a month or so after, they started saying like the U.S. government wanted to get a list of everybody that bought at the SQDC. Now, whether, they, whether or not they follow through on this or not, there's never been a really a true follow-up story on this. But you have to believe that if you go to one of these government establishments or institutions or shops and you're paying with your card, all these things are recorded somewhere. Even though they don't use it for a malicious intent, I'm just uncomfortable at the fact that there's a recording of my purchasing. So now when I go to the board and they ask me, do you smoke weed? And I tell them no. And they're able to pull up this, you know what I mean, <laughs> this bank of data that proves that I'm lying, then that just makes me a suspicious person. I think, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna set up a business like like SQDC and you know a lot of people to buy weed and, and we're above board, then you shouldn't monitor them. We're already following the regulations. So now you still have making me, you're still making me feel like somewhat somewhere in this thing of smoking weed and joint cannabis, there's still an illegal component there. So you're lying to me. Okay, so when are they taking your information? Are they taking your information separate from your, like whatever no. because lifting off your card? No, 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 not separate. Just when you make a purchase, it's there, it's recorded. But so if now, you, make, you can make a purchase with cash, can't you? I think you can make a purchase with cash. Don't hold me to it. I think I've always used my card. I think you use cash, but you have to understand there are some businesses, not SQDC, but there are some other businesses that they'll only take, they'll only take card now. Okay. In Montreal, some people only take card now. Now, I think the Quebec government did say they weren't going to give them that list, but just the fact that there is a list can be generated, they they have full control of said list, it makes me a little bit apprehensive, but I went, so I'm on the list now. But if you order, I'm going to maybe sound yeah. like a devil's advocate, but mm. if you were to order from any of those online places, like Fish yeah. Station, Canada Weed Dispensary, like those online mail order weeds, they're taking your mm. info too. No, for sure. And, and for a long time, for the last couple of years or so, people were ordering from these places because you could get different strands and everything. And then now weed is okay to smoke and have a little bit and you can grow a little bit depending on your province. But that's why I never did it myself. I always got somebody else to do it. So, you know, you, you can muddy your name, but now I'm, you know, I'm sullied as well, Kadisha, okay. because um, I went to the shop, but it was really good. Well, I'm you know, I, I wasn't disappointed. I can hear, um, and I can I can hear the the echoes of what your concerns are regarding privacy. And it's not the first time I've heard it. I'm not personally as worried about them keeping uh, like lifting information off my credit card because to me that means you have to go and you need a, a court order to get yeah, exactly. Visa to hand you that info. Yeah. Just like if somebody wants to know the numbers I call on my cell phone, that's a court order to, yeah. to get to see that right. Mm -hmm. Um, which means a judge has to decide it. it it's worth was it, it yeah was it ever good reason yeah
but I can also reassure you in case you ever worry, I've traveled over the border. I've bought weed in, in Vegas using <laughs> plastic and smoked it all while I was in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. back, nobody even asked if I used cannabis on my trip. Okay, so perfect. Well, listen, I'm a part of it now. Um, I think so. What I would like the SQDC to be open to is to allow entrepreneurs that are really elite at growing. I want them to be more open to that and not just be sequestered just a certain small group of people that they're going to get the harvest from. I like this to open up and so people could enterprise and share in the wealth of the SQDC. Right. I, I would love to, for them to open up shelf space to every everybody who can be an independent or craft grower. Because honestly, the craft growers are the ones that are starting to stand out more and more. You know, people, it, it like, well, for example, in Ontario and most of Canada, you can grow up to four plants. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most of Canada, not you guys in Quebec. Because you, no. <laughs> you guys took it to the Supreme Court to fight against the right to grow. Yeah. <laughs> But the rest of us, we can grow up to four plants. Very jealous. Right? Very jealous. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I still don't want to go into, you know, um, a cannabis dispensary or, or a, a recreational store and, mm. and find some really great screens, you know, try out yeah. screens from Nova Scotia. There's, there's brands, you know, like at it from PEI and obviously BC weed, you know, has its reputation as well. So. I'd no, I want that too. That I want that too, man. I, I, I love variety. I just want to try different stuff, especially when you have a special night with your lady. You know, we're going to smoke, we're going to order some food. You want to get that kind of vibe. Let's try the exotic weed and where am I going to go get it? You, unfortunately, I have the choice but to go to these kind of establishments. Right. So, and that makes sense. That makes sense that the limitations with the SQDC, it just forces you to continue yeah. to keep the gray market going, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. It's about access, right? If if they're not going to service you, someone out there will. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, listen. Supply and demand. Capitalism at its best. Exactly. So, could you tell our listeners about how your journey in cannabis started? How old were you? Were oh man! <laughs> oh no! I'll never forget it. So it's when it's when I was turning thirteen. I was transitioning from twelve to thirteen, and right there on my birthday, uh, my neighbors. My man, Bukai, my man, Jason, they, they put me on. Because I've, I've seen them do it for years. I remember being around them as they did because they were a few years older than me. But I didn't have the inclination to do it until I, you know, I officially became a, a teenager. Because back in the day, when you turn 13, you're an official teenager. You know, when you go to camp now, you go to preteen now, and it's a little bit more lax. And you can wind up on the girls at the after party and stuff like that. Things just going down. So I remember we did it the first time. And man, you know... I felt it, but it wasn't like the time when I finally did it properly. I think maybe maybe a year or two later, okay. I was by this guy's house, and they rolled the blunt. I was by a couple of dreads' house, and that's the worst experience, too. <laughs> I'm a nice story to tell you, too, about blunt to people. <laughs> Jay-Z yeah, but- had just dropped Jay-Z had just dropped The Gift and the Curse. And we were blunted, and they were playing it, and I finally understood everything. Some people talk about a certain kind of high when everything just starts to make sense. So you, you can see the story behind the story. You see the play within the play. I had that moment when Jay-Z dropped the gift and the curse. That's when I was finally, I'm like, okay, I'm smoking this thing right now. I'm touching it out. And I've always loved it. I can't go to sleep without a spliff. I like to close out my day like that. I hate smoking during the day because I have so much things going on. I, like I want to be alert. I want to be on point. I don't want to miss nothing. So I typically smoke at the end of the day. But I remember one time I was smoking with some older guys from the States. And they, I, I felt like I was smoking with Snoop Dogg's crew. 
they had rolled one blunt. So we're about, we're about four of us. They had rolled one blunt. That one was going on. Then somebody had the bright idea. Let's throw a second one in the mix. I could have. I was already out from the first one. Mind you, it's still going. Let's throw a second one in the mix. Just as that one was about to finish, that first one, they threw a third one in the mix. And I'm talking about elite weed. Like this, like dudes from the States that come live in Montreal, they won't smoke bullshit. Like certain guys that like take, a lot of dudes that I'm friends with take their weed seriously in terms of what they smoke. I have guys that only do like the top of the A's. Like we're doing full A or nothing. Like they're going to go to the top with it. And these were, this was the, these kind of guys. So at this point, there's three blunts going on. And you ever been so high that you got to the point where you're like, I'm never going to smoke again? That's the point I got to. I, you know, I was swearing life. I'm, I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to work out. I'm, not, I'm, I'm putting this down. My mama was right. This is not right. That kind of high. You're listening to know what I'm talking about. When that blunt wow. hits you sideways and you had three of them, forget about it. What was the reaction to how, like, how litty you clearly were? Because you were lit lit. Listen, when I get lit, I just get, I, I just get smooth. I'm not extra giggly. I'm not extra. It, it, um, you know, some people, they become like um, a happy drunk and it's super funny. I'm just mellow. When I smile, I'm just, I just want to eat. I just want to eat fucking sleep. I'm cool. I'm cool order. after that. Eat. Listen, whatever order. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully in that order, yeah. Oh, hey, the order matters sometimes, right? It really does. <laughs> can't, be sleeping, can't be sleeping before the fucking, that'd be a little awkward. <laughs> what strains are you enjoying the most these days? These days, uh, I've been on a lot of Kush lately. A lot of Kush, a lot of Fruit Punch lately. I've been on that. I just bought a big pack of the Fruit Punch. So I'll be still smoking that for a while. But... One of the best highs I ever got in my life was smoking Northern Lights. Being a young teenager, smoking Northern Lights, smoking one of those camouflage splits, which is like um, um, you mix you mix the gum with the with the paper and all that. Oh, hemp paper. Listen, man, what? Yeah, when people brought up um, sets and different kinds of weed from Jamaica and they smuggled it back when it's fresh from the islands, when the when the, when the plant was being grown outside and had that Caribbean sunlight touch it, it yeah. just tastes different. It just moved different. Northern Lights is one is one of the weeds that I'm I'm constantly searching for. And once again, we go back to SQDC. If I really want to get it, I'll just go there. They have it, or I order from one of those online sites. Right. Northern Lights is something that I've I it's part of my it's part of my growth. It's part of my life. It's, it 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 was the best weed I was smoking as a teenager was Northern Lights. Okay, so when you're buying, say, the strain the fruit punch you got now. Mm. Are you going to buy, like, do you buy one strain and you let that, you smoke that all, all the time for the month? Or do you buy, like, a couple of different strains to mix up? Yo, I leave it to the dealer's choice. I'm not really fussy. <laughs> I'm not really fussy about what and where unless I'm having a special night with my lady or going away somewhere, going to a cabin. You want to get a little, some, some a little bit more exotic, some a little bit more high. But it's the dealer's choice. I'm not one of these guys. I know there's a lot of guys like, like that out there when they go, when they call their plug, I need this. You don't have that. And they want, they're very particular. Yep. I have one requirement. I just want to get high as fuck. As long as I get high as fuck, that's all I need. I'm not really fussy. It all comes out to the same thing, me being high. So as long as I, I can reach that goal, I'm happy. Well, and, and that makes sense. Now, is, is your high... The strength of your high, is it tied to the THC content or is it, are you more um, into certain terpenes? Are you wired into what terpenes you like more versus the others? 
No, I definitely don't. I, <laughs> if you ask me about terpenes, I was like, listen, can I roll it and get high? Yes. Give me, give me the highest THC value possible. Yeah. But, then, but then what happens, you, you know, <laughs> you, you think you're the big man, you want to ask for that, and then you get it. And then you're looking at the spliff like, why am I even doing this? You start questioning life. Yeah. You start questioning your habits. I, I'm searching for a high THC level. I just want to get high. I want, when I do two, three puffs, I'm like, whoa. Okay. Hey. Do you get into, have you gotten into concentrates and extracts? Oh, man. That's a very dangerous slope. That's a very dangerous slope. I don't even know why they even came up with that. I'm angry at the person that, that figured out how to do that. They put me on that, you know, say like, you know, I have real friends, as I said, that really take this weed thing, this cannabis thing seriously. And, you know, they research it. They are trying new things. So I've been put on to it. I've yep. had it. That's, yep. that's God's door. You, <laughs> you're searching for God's door with that. I was like, you know what? But what's good about it, <laughs> sometimes in life, you got you to gotta understand <laughs> where your limits are. Mm-hmm. And you won't understand until you, you creep very close to the edge of the hill, <laughs> to the so- edge of the cliff. So you got to figure it out. Yeah. That's my, I'm good. Yeah. So, um, so then whenever you come down here, if, if you're by like coming to visit, say me, you're coming to visit Nat and I, are you going to step into the light of the shatter and the concentrates? Or are you going to be like, nah, man, just leave me with the flower. I'm good over here. No, no, no. I've done it, man. I've done the contract. I've done the shatter. I just won't do it every day. No. Okay. Okay. I just want to do it today. But yeah, yeah, listen, I'm definitely, I'm going to try everything you guys have to offer. Everything you guys are cooking up, I'm going to try. As long as the, as long as the Caribbean food is on deck for us, because my munchies is real. Like, I'll eat and still be hungry again. My munchies ain't a joke. The better the weed, the higher, the harder the munchies, so. So what's, uh, what's your go-to munchie? Fuck. <laughs> Uber Eats, we take it, take it all my money during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. What's my go-to munchie? Oh, I love pizza, man. I love pizza, a uh, plain cheese pizza. I'm very cool and simple. I have a spot that delivers to me. I like cheese pizza. I like, I like hot plain, cheese on bread. Yeah, plain, plain cheese, cheese pizza. Yeah, just like, cheese. And cheese it's, and extra cheese. One type of cheese. You're not even going like to ask for like ricotta and and like fontina or sometimes some. Well, Montreal, we're very. We have a couple of restaurants like that where they'll mix it up. So depending on what, yeah, man. I like the I get the four cheese sometimes, but I like a simple cheese pizza. When I get high, okay, uh, you know, a nice fruit punch or a juice. I'm a big juice guy. Okay. I know I'm really drinking a lot. I love juice. Okay. But pizza's my go-to. I love pizza. So pizza's like pizza go-to. and high C or pizza oh, and Hawaiian punch and you're Hawaiian punch, Hawaiian punch and Fanta are two of the greatest juices man has ever made <laughs> on earth. I want to be buried with Fanta and Hawaiian punch. When I go to resorts, I only dance two ways, Hawaiian or Fanta-ish. Those are the two greatest things in life. And, and, and when I want to go a step further, the guava juice from Grenada, from the West Indies, not the one you buy in the grocery store in North America. You have to buy the one in the islands. I mix that with some rum. That's for special nights. But Hawaiian Punch and Fanta, I want to be buried with that. I want to be buried with it. Okay, so tell me, have you merged your love of juice and cannabis yet? In terms of what, drinking cannabis? Like, yeah, drinking infused cannabis. I've never had it. Like, I've never had it. Cannabis infused drinks, no? Okay, because um, Bebita Verde, they do um, like these Caribbean themed drinks. Like there's a mango something and a swirl one and there's a guava yeah. one. No, I never and had it. And it's got THC in it and they go about $10 a bottle. 
I need to try it. Well, I didn't see that in Montreal. SQDC didn't show me that. You see what I'm saying? They're like, gray see, market. They won't be on the shelves usually of a. Of well, a- well, listen, after the show, please send me the link. I didn't even know there was a juice. You know, I knew there was the tea, but God damn. Yeah. Give me a little cola champagne with some THC. I'll take that. Really? Okay. Well, nice okay. patty. Yeah, I'll take that. Well, there's a whole new world we're going to open up for you then, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, this is the whole point about podcasting, man. Just transfer of information. There's some things you know that I don't know. Put me on. I'm eager to learn. I don't know it all. I'm eager to learn. And I love it. I really do. I love your enthusiasm. And I, I want our listeners to know just how impressed I am that you're, you actually, you know, co-host a morning program in Montreal, by the way, yeah. <laughs> because as a former college DJ and show host myself, especially having grown up in Montreal and all the language issues, this would seem like the dream job to me. So how is it for you? <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, so along, along with my partner, Lorena and Rick and Kay and so other people, I was able to create this. Um, it's the only black morning show in the city. You know what I mean? and, and I hate to put it like, I, you know, I'm not one of those guys who has to be black, black, black. But it's important to note that one of the producers on the show is a black woman. Um, the hosts are black. We talk about black issues, but we talk about everything, right. you know. Because black so issues created, touch everything. Like yeah, not, yeah, yeah, black, yeah. So the, they're, they're just issues. <laughs> yeah, they're not separate. You know what I mean? Like, it's just history. It's not black history. It's just history. Right. So... I always wanted to be a radio host. I always wanted to have a nationally syndicated show. I always felt that Canadians could benefit, and me as well, just with the exchange, for me hosting the show Monday to Friday, for me to be a part of your auditory household. I want to be a friend, you know, I want to be that family member that you never see in person, but you guys, we have this story of information and news and pop culture and me introducing new things to the table that we have going on with each other. I finally got the opportunity to do it on um, the mighty CKT 90.3 FM. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's community radio, so I'm not getting paid. But when I started, a lot of people told me, don't take the job. It's community radio, it's not getting paid. And I always found that kind of weird because my vibe has always been, I can sell anything. I don't care if it's community radio. I don't care if we're doing radio from the day partner from the islands. I don't care where we're at. Right. I could sell it. I, even though we're on commercial radio, I always believed that. Uh, I mean, community radio, I always believed that we could ride with commercial radio. Commercial radio being Virgin and CJD and the likes. No. I always feel like I could run with them, even though I'm not a commercial radio show, I'm a community radio show. Even with that said, I'm one of the only shows ever in community radio history to give away TVs, um, cell phones. You know, who does eight weeks of giveaways? Shout out to Lorena, you know what I mean? Who does eight weeks of giveaways? That's amazing. That's amazing. You know what I mean? So I featured playwrights, um, actors, entrepreneurs, um, inventors, million, uh, guys that own million dollar companies. We've done it all. You know, I just wanted to paint a picture because I, I felt that there's a conversation, especially specifically in the urban culture, yep. that I felt the wrong people were narrating in this conversation. I felt like I was the right person to kind of paint a picture for everybody, not so much taking aside, but giving you a full, honest picture of something and letting you take what side you want. I always tell people I come from a place of fact, not emotion. I'm emotional when things happen in our community, but I'm, I understand how to step back and really kind of calm that down to really paint the best picture for you guys. So you guys could make your, uh, or form your own opinion about things. No, and, and that makes perfect sense. You're, you're doing such a tremendous service though, because the black population of Montreal needs it. 
right? They need representation. They need their voice to be heard out there. So I'm really glad that you're doing no, that. No, thank you. Thank you. Because there are like here, like there are morning shows here and yeah. that, that st did start on, on community, like University Radio, exactly. York Radio, um, mm. Ryerson had, you know, there's big, there's DJs that got their start, definitely yeah. community radio, as well as radio show hosts yeah. in Toronto, but it's a bigger market, right? So- but yeah, well, see, once again, we go back to the language. Build 101, scared away a lot of American business. Right. Also, shout out to my cousin, Scabba G. Uh, he does a show on York Radio, uh, Steady Vibes, I think it's called. But he so does the West Indian show. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Does, he does the West Indian show on Saturdays up there. Uh, <laughs> DJ Danger, Rookie Danger and those guys. But yeah, listen, I, you know, sometimes it doesn't hit you. Like, when they tell me, oh, 20,000 people listen to you on a Friday morning, it doesn't hit you because I just... You know what I mean? I tell people for a long time, I just like hearing the sound of my voice. You know, I, I just wanted to get up there. You put a beat, you put an instrumental on, I just want to talk shit on it. Let's just, okay. let's, let's just add, because I can't rap. I can't make beats. But I can talk a little something on it. I, you know, I can talk a little something, something for you. And I felt it would be dope to show, to show the world and show Canada that you can be Black, you can be from the urban culture. I am university and college educated. I do come from a single parent household. I do come from... Um, I, I did grow up in the hood and whatnot. I did go to a wild black high school. And we still do great radio. Right. You know what I mean? so, like, we still do great radio. We could do all it all. All of that. All of yeah, that so. and then some. So tell me, um, I'm a child of hip hop. <laughs> I actually used to include that on part of my, my Twitter handle or my, my Twitter bio. But you being a host of an urban radio show, are you yeah. still in love? with hip-hop today as you were when you first started in radio? Oh, oh for, for sure. First of all, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> I love hip-hop, man. I, you know, I always tell people, I'm only here for the hip-hop fuckery. You know what I'm here? I'm only here. I'm only here to guide Canadians. I see much music. I see music plus. Yeah. I can do it different. I'm and not MTV, saying better. You've seen MTV Canada too, probably. Yeah. On <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think I shake it differently. Of course, I love hip-hop. I'm, I'm the biggest Jay-Z fan. Who's Kanye? I've done a million Kanye specials on my shows. Yo, I'm an even bigger future. Even though you know a lot of women have their have their own uh, particulars about future, I'm a big future guy. Like I still feel it. Like well, like when um, I have title because you know I support black entrepreneurs yeah. and whatnot. But I saw Spotify, but I have title. Title knows what I like to hear. I love you know I, you know I still like the Ratchet Trap, little Baby's my guy, um, a boogie with the hoodie, but. I still feel that emotion when, when I hear a new future, I hear a Kanye, okay. you know, um, I still get excited about it. I'm pulling up the song because for me, a dope hip hop song is one that when I play it, the intro already comes to me. Right. The skit already comes to me. I've always visualized since I was a kid. I've watched some, I already know what I'm going to tell Oprah when I sit down with her. What I've is, always, I've always visualized. Huh? What do you no, 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 just our conversation. I, okay. I, I know how I'm going to go about my stories. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm going to say on The Breakfast Club. I've always visualized it. So if the song's really dope, the intro will come to me already. And, and, and that's where kind of my love for hosting and hip-hop kind of just fused together. Okay. And um, what about women in hip-hop? Because you haven't mentioned any. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, let's see. So who, are are talking feeling, about like, who are you feeling today in terms of, of hip-hop artists? <laughs> Well, well, listen. Now I'm stuck with now I'm stuck with the Nicky's and the Cardi's. I like Nicki Minaj. No, not she, only there's there's the Rhapsodies. There's no name. There's I, I know I, I I was gonna get to that. People like I feel bad for people like Rhapsody and No Name because they don't get enough of the commercial appeal. But if we're talking about straight off the cuff rapping, 
Yeah. Rhapsody and No Name is is the elite. Like you're talking about rapidity rap, they can really rap. Now Nicki Minaj does have elements of volume and she could rap, but I liked her younger stuff, like when she was on mixtapes or Gucci and stuff. But I can't fault nobody for exploring their artistic range. She yeah. wanted to try different things because you, being a creator myself, I know there's different things I want to I want to get out of myself and, and experiment with. Because for us, it's an art. Us being crazy, it's an art. But right. for the listening audience, they're taking it as the content, right? And big little, big little Kim, little Kim and Foxy coming up. I'm still a little Kim now. I got her last album that she dropped last year. Um, Remy Ma, cold. Remy Ma's cold blooded. Remy Ma's cold blooded. But I'm a big little Kim. Little Kim for me. Yeah. Little Kim and Eve. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Eve, I came up on that. Her verse is, I still will mouth her verse on We Gonna Make It every time on the remix. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, Eve <laughs> was one of those who I felt really could have kept doing so much more, but she's like, okay, I'm gonna go into acting. I'm gonna go into everything else. And she was good. And, was- and, keep, <laughs> and, don't, and people in hip hop don't talk enough about Eve. You know, they don't give her enough flowers. Like, what she was doing at the time, she was doing, you know, <laughs> has there ever been a more male-dominated genre than rap in in the late nineties? Right, and Rough I mean, Riders, she held Rockefeller, her own with Rough Riders. Like she held her own, and actually, I uh, no, no, she dominated Rough Riders. To me, everybody, she's a rough, she was no, 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 DMX was in Rough Riders. You got to, oh, well, but she's, okay, but DMX but, just yelled a lot, right? The, well, she, two 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 platinum albums in one year, straight out of jail. DMX is a goat, but you're talking about DMX, the locks. Eve, Swiss Beats, a young Swiss Beats coming into his own fucking genius. I'm just saying she's um, holding her own with a lot of testosterone around her. Definitely. Yeah, that's why you got to respect her, man. And and there's never no funny shit like, oh, she's sleeping with this one, this one. You know, it was always above board. We respect Eve. She's dope. Let's kill it. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about Cardi B? Cardi B, (laughs) Cardi B. I view Cardi B like how I view Dipset. It's entertaining rap. It's funny. She's but I'm not, not taking everything verbatim. No, and I, I'm not even going to say that... Is she a talented rapper? No, she's a talented performer. Like, she, yeah. she she's talented at giving the... Pro, her, her servicing her, her fans. Yeah. Um, but I, I won't lie. I was, you know, talking about that dangling thing at the back of my throat. So, thanks <laughs> a lot. Uh, so, she, she's well, effective. She's yeah. effective. And I think I, I've liked her stuff more as she grown than when she first started. Yeah. Um, but she has bars. Like on motorsports, she had bars. Yeah, no, no, she went on motorsports. Whether, whether it's her own or not is another conversation because there are rappers that are entertaining rappers and there are rappers that are purists that write their rhymes and, and right. then deliver it. Right. But listen, I like her. She's entertaining. I like her way more than Meg Thee Stallion. Real, and interesting. So what, why don't you, why do you like her more than Meg? Or what don't you like about Meg? I, I like, I like Cardi's delivery better. I like, I like what, I like, even though her and Meg typically have the same subject matter, I like the way Cardi B delivers it. I like the way she puts, she sets up her bars. I like the way she sets up the punch for me. Meg, I don't, huh? Because she's very New York. Like Meg's style of oh, rapping yeah. is very South, right? Like, but listen, I love the, I love Ti. You know, I find myself listening to Ti as much as listening to Jay Z. I view Ti and Wayne like goats of the South. So I don't think it's too, for me, not so much a South thing. Okay. I just don't see no range in her construction of her songs. I don't like some of her beat choices. Okay. And it just, I'm not seeing no growth to it. It's like, it's like, okay, yes, you're a bad chick, stripper money. I'm going to hustle and get all his money. I got it. I understand that. Yeah, I know Cardi and Kim and all them do it. They just, 
they just painted, they just dressed it up and dressed it down differently a little bit more for me. Okay, that makes sense. What do you think about um, lately? Uh, how I think it was earlier last week, uh, Snoop mm-hmm. commented about um, basically he was making comments that you know uh, women rappers today you know well he was just saying in terms of the content they don't have to go out of their way to sell sex so much you know make, yeah. you know keep something for yourself which i thought was kind of rich because come on snoop really no but but you got to understand too you're talking about old snoop he he's talking about snoop gospel he's gospel snoop now Whatever you're talking about, he's gonna be like, "That's the old me." He's gospel Snoop now. He's he's pastor Snoop. You don't get to doggy dog. You don't get to. Okay, all right. You can evolve, but, yeah. but you don't get to make the rest of us forget where you started. No, no. Listen, <laughs> and it, it's our job to hold feet to the fire and say, "Listen, but you were saying that on your rhyme. You made millions of dollars. You know, what I mean, materializing women as well. Women and, Exploring you know. I think a lot of these female rappers have have songs they have tried to make songs that weren't sexually suggestive or that wasn't just directed to them selling themselves and obviously the numbers must have shown that it wasn't selling as much as the sex selling tracks look 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 how good WAP did right I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's the biggest single Cardi or her have had don't hold me to that but for me personally I love to see them rap about something else show me some range that's why I like um no name and Rhapsody because Rhapsody can go Yep. She can go and, and shout out to Buster. Buster had her on, on his latest album. So that's a good, you know, that was a good look. But I love to I'll I love to see rappers like No Name and Rhapsody cross over that commercial threshold mm-hmm. and get the same kind of acclaim like a Cardi B or a Megan Thee Stallion was getting. I, I like to see that happen because they could really rap. And I think it's a good look for women. It's good for, and it's a good look for hip hop in itself. Thousand percent agree. Tell me what's on the horizon in 2021 for the Running with Wolves podcast. Listen, man. <laughs> so now, so now I was talking about being creative and being artistic. When I first started uh, running with Wolves, I was coming off doing um, the Gray Zone. So I've been potting way before it became cool to pod. And I want to try different things. So Running with Wolves, when it started, was a podcast. You know, I, I'll get friends. We'll talk about women. We'll tell jokes. Whatever I was going through in life, uh, love or business, I'll bring it to the table and I'll get like-minded people and we'll have these kind of like round table conversations. Now more so... I want to be like the Black Larry King. I want to be like Charlie Rose. I want to, I want to try to do the best one-on-one interviews. And it's funny because when I first started hosting, uh, when, I, when I used to do the Power Hour Mix show, I used to think like doing one-on-one interviews was like my weakest point. And just over, over the years, more and more you got to do interviews. And then, then you get the radio show and you have to do interviews in your show. So I became an interview guy. And now, now I'm trying to challenge myself now to be the kind of interview host I want to be the guy when people say, oh, man, Miss Weed Wiki did Weezy's show. She did Running With Wolves. I got to listen to it because he always gets away. He always finds a how right. to bring out a different side of people or to get them to talk about something that they, they don't normally talk about or share stories that we've never heard before. I want to be that guy. So talk- I'm more one-on-one. Yeah, so there's a new photo shoot coming out. We have, um, we have the landing page that's almost done. I want to create a centralized place where you get everything. I'm still part of Free Agents Media, which is a platform of podcasts from Montreal and across the country. So it's one hub with, you know, it's creator-owned, creator-driven. Shout out to the Free Agents Media family. But yeah, I'm trying to go more one-on-one. I'm trying to do some of the best one-on-one interviews. I want to be the guy that Tory Lanez and Drake is like, yo, I got to sit down with Weeks. Because who, because when you think about it, 
Who are you gonna sit down with in Canada? If you, you're hip hop, your culture, your black business, you've made millions of dollars, you've come from nothing, you've built yourself up. I would like, I would like to sit down with someone that, that one, is about what I'm about, that two, doesn't have an agenda, and three, it's, it's a great look for the culture by me doing this. Right. I wanna be that guy. I wanna be the guy that everybody that, no, no matter how small or big, I'll sit down with anybody. If you have a dope story, if you have something to bring to the table, I want to be that guy. Okay. So if I asked you if there's somebody on your wish list for 2021 in the interview, is there is there a yeah. interview like guest that you are targeting? You're zeroing in on for 2021 the land yeah. interview. Yeah. You want to share? So it? yeah, for sure. I'll give you two guys. I'll give you one internationally. I'll give you one that's here from the states. I want to sit down with Killer Mike. I, I think I think Killer Mike is one of the most um, smartest pillars or leaders we have in the black community. I think it'll be a good look because I think that his ideas and his message, I think everybody across Canada needs to, especially in our black community, they need to hear it because it's not outlined, it's not far-fetched. It's just actionable things that we need to do amongst ourselves in the black community to 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 kind of get in position to get rid of this systemic racism that we have in institutions and that a lot of people that aren't black are putting onto us as well. So I, I love to have a one-on-one conversation with Killer Mike and try to understand too, I'm always fascinated how people that could do and say things and understand things that I don't, I'm always curious and, and trying to figure out how do they get to that point? How did, how did Killer Mike amass all this knowledge? Where did some of these things come up? I'm fascinated by that combination of things. And then we also have the story, which is the message that he's, that he's sharing right now. And then locally, there's no way I'm, I'm going to end 2021. Um, this for sure is going to be a two-part. I'm going to film the whole joint. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do the real Don Smooth interview. I'm going to do the real Don Smooth interview. Um, for me, I came up on DJ Envy, DJ Drama, and Don Smooth. There's nobody in Montreal that came up in the late 90s can talk about the fact they did not have their tapes ready. I had, I, my mom had a... I, I, I had a radio in the bathroom with a tape recorder. I had tapes ready for K103. Okay. No one could tell me they weren't playing K103, which was like, at the time, the only place we could get our kind of music, you know what I mean, brought to us by our kind of people. Right. Don Smooth was that guy for years. Sounds amazing. Don, Don, Don Smooth is our DJ Envy. He's our DJ Clue. He's our DJ K-Slay. Okay. For me, it only felt right. Me being a host and me, you know, I mean, luckily that I am, I've, I've become a popular radio host in my own right. To be in this person, I'm like, man, I, I'm the next star smooth. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm the next popular host for my era, for my generation. So, so it's he fitting didn't, then that the two yeah. of you connect because it'll be maybe. Hopefully he'll do it. I don't know if he'll do it. Of the baton. You yeah, know, it'll feel mm -hmm. maybe like a so definitely um, let me know whenever that goes down. You know, I'd love to share uh, the details of it on my platforms because, yeah, I love those two choices for sure. No, no. And also Dr. Jane Austen. Oh, OK. I yeah. didn't see that coming. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not. I really want to sit down with her. Um, <laughs> how she broke down racism and privilege. Yeah, it could not be any more clear. Right. Um, so those, those three for me, I, I have to, you know, before I'm done broadcasting, I will have done those three people. All right. When, you know, today's December 21st for our listeners <laughs> that we happen to be recording, that's not going to be the day I, I launched the podcast, <laughs> right, right, right. a lot of mysticism happening in the air today. So, you know, 
we'll consider this you speaking your intentions out there and you know they hopefully they will manifest well listen my, i think i can get it i can sell anything i think they'll do it i agree i i have faith in your abilities as well <laughs> So um, could you tell our, les- our listeners then one more time where they can find you on social media? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you can find me. I'm W Moon Chaser. So Moon and then Chaser, everything together. Mm-hmm. Or you can find my podcast on IG, Wolves514. Also, um, I have my website, rww514.com. So that's rww514.com. And yo, just type in Running With Wolves on Google. You'll see my nice little brown face. You know what I mean? It'll pop up. I'm on uh, all streaming platforms. I'm on Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Um, yeah, if you just type me up, it'll pop up. On Google, if you type in Running With Wolves, it'll play you, um, it'll prompt the, my six latest episodes. So you can play it right there off my search engine. Well, thank you so much for sharing, A, um, everything you've been up to, Wizzy, <laughs> yeah. as well as your journey in cannabis and your insights on the cannabis scene in Montreal and hip hop in general. No- um, I'm going to probably have a sideline or a sidebar chat with you about future later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, but listen, you need, you need to come back on my podcast and talk about it. But I, you know, I appreciate you for having me on your show. I love what you're doing. I think you have a great eye and ear for this, for this genre, this podcast, and this auditory journey, this, this listening session that you have with people. You have a great voice too. It's very appeasing. I, you know, I, your voice, they should change the Alexa voice to your voice. That's what they need to do. That's a new, yes, really dope voice. And I've been in the business of voices for a long time. So I know voices a little bit. I think I know this a little bit. I, you got me blushing now. So uh, (laughs) thank you so much for being my guest today. We, it was a pleasure having you and stay lifted. I will puff, puff. puff, puff. You've been listening to the Miss Weed Wiki podcast. And we thank you for your support.